This episode of Not A Bad Effort with Darren Ambrose contains some mild swear words which some listeners may find offensive. I've got a picture of me and Benty and next to us are our scooters in our bedroom. I I turned up once at half-time. He didn't feel happy unless he puked up before a game. I've got five kids, so we spent most of the time in bed, me and the missus, to be honest. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Not A Bad Effort with Darren Ambrose. A human look at the life of a pro footballer, or an ex-pro footballer in this case. (laughs) My name is producer Hugo, and alongside me is Joe Carter. Bonjour. And Darren Ambrose himself. Guten Tag. (laughs) (laughs) Multicultural pod. International pod. How are we doing, gentlemen? Yeah, good. You? Yeah, I'm not bad. Good good, good afternoon. Um, Should we get into this? I think we should, yeah. So today's ep... We've decided to look into the life, the daily routine of a footballer or ex-footballer. We couldn't uh, get a current footballer on, sadly. That's outrageous. <laughs> a day in the Honestly, life. Honestly, when, when you sent this over, this subject, I was a bit... Well, I said, I replied back saying, oh, it'll be a quick episode, like with, with my with the way I am. I'm a bit boring and all that. But some of the <laughs> some of the questions you sent over, it was like, actually, you could get two or three episodes yeah. out, out of this one day in the life of a footballer so, or ex-footballer. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's crack on, as we always do, with a very quick Lego update. It's been, you know, it hasn't been long since we last recorded. So um, how's, how's the Lego going? Good. How's the boys' cars doing? Uh, you were good, telling us about the cars. We've only done two. I think we might have done two last time because um, he's been a bit under the weather. So we've only managed to do two. My daughter started his, she started his other gift uh, Batman face, so she's halfway through that, and I finished my other son's um, Owl from Harry Potter. I just imagine your house just like <laughs> it's just pure different Lego, Lego yeah. projects going on yeah. in every room. It, just. Absolutely, <laughs> is that what it is in the Ambrose house? No, you go in any room. There's there's either a box of Lego that's already been built, or there's a piece of Lego that hasn't quite made it onto the wall yet. Oh, okay, or there's the Lego connector or disconnector that I like to call it. I like to collect those. So. If you're listening and you have any Lego disconnectors that you want to send in, send them in. Yeah, we need a P.O. box, maybe. Yeah, What's I was going to just do my home address. And I thought, <laughs> no, I better not do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in the description of the pod, we'll put all of this, like, social links and stuff like that. Um, and you can you can send in your Lego disconnector. What's a Lego disconnector, anyway? What is that? Uh, it, it, it literally it does what it says on the tin. It disconnects Lego. So you don't have to rip oh, your yes. nails off. Oh, it's, I like, see. shaped as, like, a little ramp type thing. That yeah. little orange. It looks yeah, like a big, it, um, what is it? Like a scuba diver wears on their feet. What kind of flipper? Flipper. Yeah, that's it. you're absolutely right. Yeah. And a lot of them are orange, but you can get some like limited edition ones. I think I've got a teal uh, really? one at home. Teal? Yeah, yeah but I want Damn. some more. I want some other ones. And right. a double one I want. Right, Lego disconnectors. If you're out there and you've got a special edition Lego disconnector or a double disconnector. I sound so sad. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's great, it's great. Um, Okay, right, so yeah, as Hugo already said, um, we're looking at a day in the life of a pro or ex-pro. You know, we'll look at both, actually. It'll be interesting. We'll we'll see if there's any difference in your your day-to-day routine uh, as it is now. We've, We've got a little quiz from Hugo, as always, as well. I still owe you a pint from last time. Yeah, and I owe you one, so we'll either get one each or we'll call it quiz. Yeah, (laughs) depends if we fancy spending a bit of time in each other's company in the pub. I said the pint, so I owe Joe a pint. Yeah. I swear he said a bit of Lego, didn't he? We'll have to read oh, I did we'll say, have to look over that. Do you know what? I did say a bit of Lego. Hang on. I, I owe you some Lego. Hang on, here's Joe from the past. 
the loser gets the winner a, a Lego yeah, okay. model. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, okay um, yeah. So let's get onto this subject of a, a, a day in the life of a footballer. This, this will be different, by the way. This will be different to how I grew up uh, towards the early part and then the latter part of my career. And it's I, I know a hundred percent different to how footballers grow up now and how, what how how they their life is compared to how mine was because I was kind of old school new school type thing so yeah somewhere between that, the yeah, generations it wasn't it it wasn't as important if I knew then what I know now mm. oh, I'd probably still be playing to be honest yeah. because I'd have lived a lot better but we'll get into that interesting yeah that's it I mean I guess what we're looking at is what is I mean, talk us through what your daily routine might have been as a player. And obviously, that's, there's a lot of different kind of days that you'd have match days, non-match days, rest days, etc. Yeah. But on a kind of non-match day, is it is it just pretty normal? Bit of training? What time's training? I want to know everything. What time? Start us in the morning yeah. when you wake up. You're right. So training essentially normally starts around half ten. No matter where I've been, it starts at half ten. Now, d- depending on what club you're at, you normally got to be in at 9.45. So okay. that gives people, for instance, I played at Colchester. I lived um, in I lived in Bury St Edmunds, so it took me about an hour to get there. So it gives people the certain amount of time to get in nine forty five. Towards the back end, this is why I will go back and forth. Towards the back end, you had to get in and have breakfast. So right. when I went on loan to Ipswich, uh, when I was back end of Palace, Birmingham, you had to arrive around 9.15 to have breakfast. Was that so the team had breakfast together or was it because they could monitor what they you were eating? They could monitor what you are eating right. more often than not. Ah, before okay. you had to do that. I, I, I before that, w- it was a quick stop I by the drive through sausage and egg muffin on the way. had breakfast. Oh, really? Honest, yeah. So wow. I, again, this is why I'll always go back. Oh, you'll probably hear me saying this a lot, that if I knew then what I know now, yes. I would have lived a lot differently because energy you need all that kind of stuff for for training whether it's hard whether it's a gym session you need it you need to refuel and and get your right nutrients on in your body but so I would wake up quite late actually and just drive in when I lived when I played at Ipswich I was five minutes from the training ground so So we're talking 18 19 year old Ambrose yeah and uh, me and Darren Bent lived in digs at the time and we bought um electric scooters <laughs> and I don't mean like like when you sit down on them I mean proper a proper scooter yeah, with a yeah. motor on so we'd, we'd charge it well, up like a moped like, kind of scooter no the one you stand on oh really yeah, that's the amazing one you stand on. He's, he still loves an electric scooter yeah, doesn't he, he does, to this yeah. day yeah so um uh, uh, a bit of Deontay Wilder you could play on that bit there to this day you'll remember that but yeah so we bought those we charged it up every, every night and the next day because the buses were so like they, they varied they were they'd let you down a lot in Ipswich we'd um, scooter in because it would only it would only take nice. about five minutes park um, up put, the, put them in the bushes because we didn't want anyone to see that we had them <laughs> firing shots at the East Anglia bus company yeah. there <laughs> were you in the first team at this point yeah. scooting in did, yeah. you, did you ever have anyone see you and be like hey yeah that people would know that the two guys on the, their scooters was me and Bentley yeah, imagine so. that the day like now the days of social media imagine that people People would love that, wouldn't I they? A little clip. A, I have got a picture, and if we're able to post pictures on socials when when we do it, it's, yeah. I, I've got a picture of me and Bentley, and next to us are our scooters in our bedroom, all parked up. Amazing, charging up for the next. We one hundred percent need to get that. Yeah, so yeah, I'll go back to the, the latter part of my career. So you'd have to get in at nine fifteen, only to monitor what you eat. You couldn't get in and eat. I don't know. I'd always liked when it first started. I like to get in and have like a toasted turkey sandwich, and you just ask the the, the chef, the the cook, whoever's there. Can <laughs> make turkey it? for breakfast. 
Yeah, like turkey slices. You know, you get oh, like turkey. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like Bernard Matthews. Ones. Yeah, yeah. And, Honestly, you could ask for anything, but so then does every player have a different order, or is there like a standard like there's a set that buffet? Menu? There's a buffet type nice. thing as well. So type thing, there is a buffet. So you'd have your all, all your usual stuff, your cereals, then your fried breakfast and stuff. So you could fried just, breakfast, yeah, fried breakfast. Interesting. Basically, just get energy on into you. Yeah, it doesn't really matter because you're going to burn it all off anyway. Um, again, whether that's the same now, I don't know. But so after that stop having bread really they don't really like you having bread too much before so I do get omelettes so make make us an omelette and oh lovely you know, omelette this is what I'll always say and we'll do episodes in the future that the, the back staff of a football club is so important because mm. the chefs the cooks whoever's there the people doing the food didn't moan didn't argue didn't like question what you had you could do the most random order like omelette <laughs> avocado inside with this that and the other and it'll be done That's so good. you're molly coddled as a footballer you are um but you'd have to stop eating by 9:45. okay that, to give you 45 it, minutes 45 minutes ah, okay um uh, coffee tea or coffee yeah, in the morning? yeah you can have coffees again this has changed normally make your own coffee now I mean, I've recently visited Crystal Palace training ground and inside there they have, um, you know, the coffee machine from Costa. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. they have about 10, 15 of them dotted around. Wow. And that's so good. Like normal, like the, the takeaway cups. Just baristas ready to go. Yeah. So you just go in and, <laughs> and make amazing. your own like Costa coffee, essentially. So, yeah, that that wasn't an issue. Um, you'd you'd have to have your um, your minerals and stuff like that, like your your. BCAA, the powder that you get into protein okay. powder before, before. So it's like you supplements start. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, every day you started. Again, I'm I'm now talking the back end when it became. What sort of year are we talking here? Um, I would say around 2010, 2011. Okay, so just when bef- yeah, just before fitness it starts. coach became sports scientists. Yes, that, that's when it was essentially. Oh, okay. They were fitness coach running up hills in pre-season, beach running to sports science where you wore GPS and stuff, and that's how they registered what you were doing. So yeah, we started around 2010, 2011, where it got serious, and it was difficult for players that have lived through both because it was like, well, I don't want to go in and do my um, what is it? I don't know movements before before training. Um, I can't even remember what the word for it is, how, what they used to call it, but you used to go in the gym, you have to do your movements, a little bit of weight session, not too much because you're before training, you're just warming your muscles up. And I yeah. didn't really enjoy doing that. I just wanted to go out kick early, a kick a ball around. It's yeah. like, well, you're interestingly placed though, for mm. something like, for our chat we're having now, yeah. it's perfect because you, you've seen both worlds pretty yeah. much. You've seen, you know, the old go out, do a few laps of the pitch, do some static stretching and all yeah. that. And now, and you've also seen that in the gym, warming up your muscles, yeah, kind of warm up. Prehab, I think they used to call it. Prehab. Like, or, or something like that, <laughs> where you had to go before training, you had to go and loosen your muscles up. And again, from early stages, I was always one, if training started at half 10, I'd be out at 10, like with Benty a lot of the time at Ipswich and Cholton nice. and other players throughout my career would just go out early, smash balls around. Wouldn't stretch, wouldn't do any warm up. Everyone would say this will catch up with you. Essentially, it did eventually. So, yeah, there you go. and yeah. that's why I finished probably early because my muscles had just gone by then. But um, yeah, so prehab, I think that's the word. When you're, when you're, will correct me when you that. were out before training, sort of officially started. Are you banging free kicks? Are you trying tricks, pens? Honestly, are you trying to meg each other? Like yeah, what's just smashing balls around? <laughs> <laughs> it was like. George Burley started it off with me and Benty and Joe Royal ended it. They used to call us the twins. Um, obviously, because <laughs> we looked like each other a lot, me and Benty. <laughs> yeah. But no, we had a telepathic understanding on on um, on the pitch. And 
we was just constantly together, like before training. And yeah, we just got, you know what Bent is like as well. We just wanted to score goals and, and yeah. crossbar challenge from the halfway line. And all the old elder statesmen, Matt Hollands, Jim McGilton's players like that would be like, you can't do that. You're going to pull your quad, you're going to pull <laughs> yeah, your hamstring yeah. and we'd be like, oh, bore off. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we, you're a, teenage bad, lads, a bad influence you're, on You're 18, yeah. 19, living the dream, yeah, doing what the, you love. Yeah. The issue was that the, the younger ones coming up behind us uh, kind of looked to me and Daz and was like, we're going to do it. So we'd have a few of the younger 16 youth team players, 17-year-olds <laughs> out with us as well. And they were getting into stages where... They had to be more professional, but oh, they weren't okay. because they were like, well, these two ain't. So, yeah, that didn't last too long. And that's probably why it did end up changing towards yeah. the sports science side of things as opposed to fitness because no one really listened to the fitness coach that much, to be honest. I'm picturing these like younger kids at Ipswich like coming in on their scooters as well, like after you, just a bad <laughs> Honestly, a lot of people not copied what we've done, but yeah, it, as we did with the older players as well. You look You're up the to the ones me, who made it. Yeah, yeah. you see how they live in like what they eat in and stuff like yeah. that and honestly if they looked what me and Ben in particular eating <laughs> the kebabs at like two in the morning before a game but we'll get into that oh my, oh my gosh wow yeah we, we'll get to that so at the moment we're at the yeah, point in the day where we're at a training yeah, session so we're out in what's training, training like um, again it depends what stage you are in the week if it's uh, Sunday when you've come in after a game sometimes you did that it would be very, very light. Just if you would that played. be a kind of sorry to cut across right. you there, but say on a Sunday if you come in after a game and the game hasn't gone too well, is it going to be a case of like let's see where we went wrong and now we're going to figure it out, or was it a case of let's work on the? It, yeah, depends it, on the manager. It I guess depends. Yeah, partly on the manager. Um, partly on the manager whether you're actually in on Sunday as well. Even if you've lost. Now we've I've been involved in games where. We've been battered like five nil Barnsley. I've spoken about this before. The next day we're in nine o'clock on the dot in the morning. Video that, that watch the be, whole game. Is that horrible? It's horrible. When you're the, told you're coming in, is everyone just like, oh? God. Yes, the ones that didn't play are not too bothered really because they know they're going to be out on the pitch doing oh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit like oh, this is a piss take. Like yeah. even if you haven't played, Being you punished. plan stuff on your day off on Sunday, but. You know, we've all right. We've got we didn't deliberately get beat, but now we're being punished to come in. And yeah. supporters will always say, "Good, like we've paid our good money to come watch. You've let them down. Get them in training. They shouldn't have a day off." And look, each their own. I always feel it did. It didn't do any benefit to me whatsoever. Yeah. More so, I'm sat there losing my head, thinking, "I know I was shit in this game. <laughs> I know yeah. when I was shit in this Don't game. Don't want to see it again." So when I see the minutes arising, thinking, "I know I lost the ball and they scored now," I don't uh, even watch. Okay. I was a bit petulant. I'm just turning around and then the manager's like, you need to watch this. You need to do this, this and this. Well, I know that now. Yeah. I know I yeah. need to do it. I didn't do it at the time. But yeah, that that's how different managers have done it. But yeah, so that would be a light one if I played. On the Monday, if you've had the Sunday off, you'd come and you'd just train normally. Again, if you're in the Premier League, you train normally. If you're in the Championship, you're probably... Um, looking forward to or looking towards the game on the Tuesday because that's what ah, it was Saturday, yeah. Tuesday. So Championships team, relentless. So, yeah. so it's it's varied so much. Very rarely do you have a full-on proper session unless Neil Warnock's a manager which is every, <laughs> every day. But unless unless it's pre-season or you haven't had a game or it's international break, you're not in the any of the international sides, then you'd start really up in the tempo. But other than that, you'd get... Day before a game was always my favourite because you do... A little bit of a pig in the middle, obviously after your warm up, you do a bit of head tennis, um, nice, um, bit of team shape like corners, set plays, and then you'd do a game. 
And a lot of the games are for yellow jerseys and stuff like that. And the yellow jersey is, if you were the shittest player in, in, in the game, the winning team votes for the worst player on the oh, losing side. Really? So you have a vote and whoever gets that wears a yellow jersey. The, what, the for fo- the rest the of fo- the... The following week. So oh, the, wow. Uh, the following yellow jersey game, <laughs> they have to wear it. That's and, so good. Uh, Which manager was this? Uh, you know what? All of them. Really? All of them do it, this basically. Is, this wow. is hilarious because you know, you know on the like club website or whatever on the Twitter now, they put pictures up of players wearing like different colours and people are like, yeah. oh, does that, <laughs> does that mean he's starting at the weekend? Yeah. He's probably just had a stinker in training. Absolutely. <laughs> we had, we had, Newcastle was the first place where it started with me. Ipswich, it never really happened. You'd, you'd have banter on the games. But from Newcastle, when I was, what, 18, that's when it started. And they had the yellow jersey. And on it, they wrote, I've had a shitter. Now, <laughs> oh, my God. If you go on, like... Um, was that under Sir Bobby? Yeah. If you go really? on Google, you'll find someone in that picture saying, I've had a shitter. That's you will. so good. And... Um, but then whoever got picked, you'd have your name on the back as week one, Darren Ambrose, or and then something derogatory written about you. Oh, my God. And some of it very borderline, like not, oh, okay. not borderline subjects, but borderline things that is a bit rude. And, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. But then media got involved and they can obviously got massive zooms on the camera. So we had to stop doing that. They couldn't write <laughs> things on the back because they got what out. What sort but, of things was yeah, like? What, what would yours did, be? Um, I don't know. I never got it. I did. I did get it. But yeah, I, we'll have to come back to that because I, I can't. I can't remember one. We'll have that conversation can, off the mic. Yeah, no, I could actually air. To I, be honest, I've got but. a question actually. Just, just out of curiosity, because like whatever, at whatever le- level we played at, like Sunday league or whatever. Sometimes you'd have training sessions and you'd have players that are unbelievable in training, and then it comes to a match day and they're not great. Mm. Was that common at a professional at the top top level? Would you have and how much influence would your performance in training have in you actually getting in the team? Is that a myth or because you hear managers say, "Oh yeah, he's been training well, so he's in the team." Yeah. How much truth is that in? There, there's an element of truth to it. Yeah. Of course, the managers have their um, the the people they like them the most, their favourites. They they have these guys that will always be in the team no matter how they train. Yeah. Some of them I've known not to train, and then they're still in the team the next day, which is frustrating. Right, I don't know how common this is um, now, but back then, like I was one of these guys, and I'm, I'll be honest. At Cholton, Ian Dowie came in. New managers don't really know what they like. You have a reputation of the player, but I was told by the assistant manager that he said I was fucking unreal in training. And then when I got to the game, I kind of froze, and I was like, it was a bit harsh, like because I didn't. I didn't feel I did. But yeah, I always like to try and train as I played and that's what I always feel people should. And if yeah. you are the best in training or one of the best, you should play. Then again, Ipswich, when I was on loan towards the back end, again, I felt I was the one of, if not the best players in training. David McGoldrick was good in training as well. But I never played. So mm. for Mick McCarthy, that didn't really work yeah. out. I had players, Luke Chambers, Cole Scoose, experienced players, Chambo in particular, captain at Ipswich, speaking to Mick McCarthy, saying, you've got to play him. Like, you have to yeah. play him, the way he's training. But he had his favourites. He had players that never let him down. Jay Tab, Stephen Hunt, Noel Hunt, players like that. And I couldn't break in no matter what I'd done. That must be so frustrating. It is. It is frustrating. But all you can do, and I used to love training. I used to really enjoy it. Again, we'll have an episode on abuse and 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 what happens in, train, in, in crowds and stuff like that. So... I used to love training because you never got that and you could really enjoy yourself. And if you played shit, it don't matter. No one cared. But I always felt if you give an opportunity, 
if you're given an opportunity by Mick. I was. I was given an opportunity against Sheffield Wednesday. All the players were injured. He brought me in. I was one of the better players on the day. So always train as you're going to play. And I've downed tools a few times in training, of course. I have with frustration with the situations, but that has no benefit to anyone. So you've you've finished training for the day. Yep. Um, then quickly run us through the rest of the day. A non non match day. So you finished training. What sort of time? Half um, twelve, something like that. Should we or? say early on in your career as well? Because I guess there's a difference. Yeah, when there you, is. When a, you oh yeah, kids of course. Well. Yeah, yeah. So it, it again. This is when I was at the start of the episode, and I said I was a bit boring. But it's it'll be so different to me and other yeah. players because other players would then go into town. They'd go out for coffees. They'd go out for meals. When I, you're living with Benty, what were you doing? Um, Bit of Crash so, Bandicoot on the PS4? Oh, yeah. um, what is it? The uh, Olympics. The Olympic game on oh, okay. the uh, Mega Drive. Was it Mega Drive? Oh, yeah. We had Summer Games, California yeah, Games was, as well. It ended up being on the PlayStation. We had to press A and B as fast as you yes. can or, or square, triangle, whatever it is. We used to get socks out and proper... Like, did you, oh, you did the slide technique yeah, the across slide the two. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. We got the world record down in like four seconds. We were unbelievable at <laughs> that game. Um, but yeah, we had loads of gadgets in, in our house and stuff. We'd go to a place called a community centre, which was nearby, play football. A lot of it was football with with Bentley when I was younger so we'd we, there was times a lot of times as well that they know now they didn't know at the time we had a kit man at, um, at uh, Ipswich called Dick I can't remember his last name I think it was Richard but we, obviously everyone called him Dick I can't remember his last name huge Spurs fan so we got on really well Bentley and him not so much yeah. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. we knew where he hid his key for his kit room so in the kit room had everything kit boots footballs and footballs yeah. were what we wanted so just before we was going home we'd quickly go he's having his lunch we'd go get the key unlock his kit room grab balls I mean he's not with us now sadly I heard he passed away a few years ago which actually hit me hard that because yeah. he was a top man grab about five footballs so he wouldn't notice go where our scooters were put them in the bush so <laughs> so then we'd come back at night or around five six jump over the fence um, there was a section called the goal. We called it the goalie section, where it was unbelievable turf, huge like net, the net square net, and we'd just be smashing balls till till it got dark, and then we'd go home. So Amazing. you'd come home from football, play some Olympics yep. on the PlayStation, or whatever, yep. and go back and play football. Yep, Br- brilliant. <laughs> As brilliant. professional brilliant. football, and then we'll, I'll quickly talk about being in digs. Lovely family, um, Carolyn or Caroline. Carolyn, her name was. We used to live me and Benty. Dinners, not, not, <laughs> what kind not, of what kind of not great for the money she was getting paid. <laughs> what was she serving you? What was she serving up? So um, we'd have like a bit of meat, bit of pork or chicken, and then about three or four potatoes with a bit of veg. And you know we're growing lads. We're yeah. Had yeah. A day playing football and then a night playing football. Yeah. So we're <laughs> you need. knackered and then goes back to about one in the morning because we never used to sleep. We'd be like mm, a bit peckish. What should we have? And obviously, the only thing that tend to be open at them times are, are um, kebab houses. So that's <laughs> always sneaking out to get a kebab. We didn't sneak out; we got it delivered. But we'd always say, "Can you park outside?" Because the drive—they had a lovely house, this family—but yeah. the drive was full of stones. Oh right, a gravel and one. The, yeah. the the guy Robert, his name was. His mum was elderly. She was living in part of the house as well, so she was always like asleep early. But they'd always used to drive in and right at the front was their bedroom and the high beam was right on their oh, bedroom no. and like 
half two in the morning we're walking down delivered. saying sorry <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this would this would have been day before games we're playing like oh championship word. games or but is that like it was at the time bit the of nervous day. bit of nervous excitement maybe as well I, i'd say so yeah and lack of knowledge of yeah. what to eat and what not to eat and how much rest you need but you know, the next day, uh, we'd go out, I'd get MOM, Bentley would score two, like, and it never used to bother us at all. So <laughs> that was kind of before family. Before family. Yeah. When I was 19, I met Rachel. She's my wife now. So it changed then. I got my own house and we'd always, I'd always be going home to her we'd go into town we'd we'd, nice. we'd go and have a little pizza hut yeah, bit, of, little, bit of shopping <laughs> cheeseless <laughs> pizza little tomato puree bread <laughs> that, that was all good and then later on I got started having kids and stuff so it changes so much you yeah. then you, you, your whole life revolves around them and clubs and yeah. as it does now every child's doing a club every day and it was then so that kind of not so much kept you out of trouble because I was never one of those to, to go out get pissed and that and yeah before training but it Just kept you in and grounded and you didn't need to do anything wrong or eat the wrong stuff because you're always you're looking out for your family more yeah. then yeah i think being a pro in that situation it gives you the opportunity actually to do that earlier on in life than some other people get to i guess yeah of course and i was young i say young i was i think i was 22 when i had my first child 23 my second child so we was a family from young even moving up to newcastle i was with rachel we moved out the city because i didn't want to be involved in that environment where i could get caught and and yeah. drawn into it so yeah we lived outside of newcastle lovely place bit of land got a couple of dogs this was pre-kids and then uh, with kids obviously it all changes because Nice. Essentially, you're looking out for the health of your children, which then makes you live healthier yourself. And yeah, sure. And then obviously the sports scientists come into play as well. So <laughs> all the knowledge just got in there somehow. So later on as well, you're having sort of earlier bedtimes and trying to get a decent rest, or is it? Yeah, earlier bed. I got five kids, so we spent most of the time in bed. Me and the missus. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> sleeping. Well, it's yeah. five times. So. Oh yeah, sleeping. Of course, of course, sleeping. But yeah, no, early, early to bed. Um, and essentially, nice, nicer meals and stuff. And yeah, yeah, and you do feel the benefits. And I, I did. I had more energy in games and and stuff like that. And you know, it it was just a different world living with without a family to with a family yeah. and everyone will say that one thing i did uh, just want to touch on you do hear like a few managers they you hear rumors that they're suggesting that their players have kids basically to to keep them grounded do you mm. reckon there's definitely something in there i think they can make I, it just makes them a better professional i, I think potentially yeah because it you have to grow up because yeah. you're looking out for someone else and yeah you, you you won't be found out in the town when you shouldn't be because you know your wife's or girlfriend whoever it is with your child is at home struggling or yeah. whatever and yeah. you've got to be there to to support them and again i was i wasn't one of these that needed kids to to be grounded i always I always wanted a family from from young. I always wanted to be a dad. Um, met the right girl very young as well, and that that was it. We became a family. But yeah, for sure. And other managers say they need to move out of the city and or they need to move here. Yeah, because people could. You're you're young. You're earning a lot of money. You, you you've got the pick of whatever you want really. And a lot of girls and a lot of people can have the pick of girls as well because. You know, especially in Newcastle, it was it was a, it was like that. It was very close. It's a close town. Yeah. Everyone loved the footballers in terms of they were heroes to oh, them. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, essentially, yeah, you have to kind of. That's why I hear move out the city just to 
to get away from it. Otherwise, you can get drawn in early doors. It sounds like you were quite lucky then that you that was your natural kind of like modus operandi. Yeah, I, I think guess. so. Yeah, 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 because like I said, you, you're growing up with money. You can go in the town. You can do whatever you want. You hear stories now. People turning up drunk for games and stuff. And <laughs> you know, we've spoken before. I didn't start drinking till my wedding night. So yeah, I was lucky to meet Rachel early on. Have kids young. And yeah, it kept me grounded and kept me... I had a vision then, I had a reason why I was playing the game, you know. So a reason why I wanted to get new contracts as opposed to just, I want a new watch or I want a new car. Like It was, it was for my family instead. Okay, so we've talked about um, a day in the life of Darren Ambrose as a as a pro um, on a non-match day how about on a match day so you know are you up early are you got that butterflies in your tummy what's where's it all start for you um, uh, early on in my career yeah up early um, looking forward to the game buzzing computer probably just having a laugh um, later on in my career no, I'd, I'd actually have a, a if it's a 3 o'clock game for instance I'd wake up about half 10, 11 depending oh, nice. if we have to get there sometimes some clubs Birmingham for instance get there at half 11 for pre-match which I always used to hate because pre-match was pasta was chicken so you're eating that at half 11 I just I, I couldn't stomach it so I didn't really eat what I was supposed to eat at home you could have like you fry up breakfast you have beans <laughs> on toast and things like that you'd end up eating would you have a fry up yeah, on a Saturday have, morning yeah I'd have a fry up yeah nice. talk um, us through your fry up please um, <laughs> so I don't know really I'd have obviously the the normal beans on toast was mainly what it was that was the main we've, event yeah, yeah we've added stuff so on top of those eggs on the sides I'd have obviously the sausages but mainly it was the beans on toast <laughs> bit which, cheese on there yeah for sure cheese underneath the beans so okay. on the bread yeah and then the beans on brown bread uh, no, okay. just normal bread. The beans on top of that and then sprinkled cheese on top of that as well. Cheese, Ooh. beans, cheese. Yeah. Worcester sauce? Nope. Ketchup. Never done that? Ketchup. Lee Perrins? Ketchup. Ketchup. I've heard the Lee Perrins. Really I've heard, good. Well, I've, obviously, I've heard of it. I've hang heard on, of hang on. doing it. Rewind a second. Ketchup. Ketchup. On yeah. top of the beans? Yeah. <laughs> All really? over. Well, ketchup uh, early on, but then... I never used to like mayonnaise, yeah. So I, I was it's a bit like my cheese episode. I never used to like mayonnaise. <laughs> and then I became a real. That's not fan. an episode of the pod, by the way, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> the cheese episode. <laughs> we did a mayo episode, and then I became a real fan of mayonnaise. So on my fry ups now, even right now, I'd have mayonnaise all over it. Ooh, ooh, not sure. Roast dinner, gravy, mayonnaise all over it. I think that's what about when card. the doesn't the mayonnaise clash with the gravy no. yellow card no. <laughs> that's a yellow sometimes obviously you, you're, you're manoeuvring or moving your roast dinner around the mayonnaise gets soaked into the gravy I can't see it anymore more mayo oh, more mayo yeah. at that point not sure about that amazing I'm but, that okay so yeah, right. that's a yellow so, we'll be trying this at home so now. okay when, when you have us over for a roast oh mayo yeah we'll get some mayo on it should we for try sure. it we'll have to try it Hugo yeah. Hmm. Okay. Not sure. So, no. I'm not sure. A, I made a, a great dessert now. the other day. I'll give it a go. Mayo. I made a great dessert. Yeah, it's got mayo in it. Nah. It? Oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll quickly say it now. Go right. on. Five sprinkled donuts. The ring. The ringed. The ring donuts. Yep. So if you've got an air fryer, so take the air fryer, cut the sprinkled donuts up, put it in the bottom, full tin of custard all over it, and then Nutella, about five big spoonfuls all on top. Put it in six minutes. 
Bye. What comes out? <laughs> what, what's, what's coming out? Bye. An amazing dessert. What? Just all How? melted together? Yeah, just all melts together, yeah. How did then, you come up with that? Uh, I, I see a, an, a similar equivalent type thing on Instagram. And I thought, no, I'm going to give that a go. Uh, used a few different ingredients. That is unbelievable. Mar- I've never heard have, of anything quite like it. You have to eat it inside, unless you have like tin foil or something. You have yeah, to yeah. eat it inside the uh, air fryer. I was going to say my air fryer's got loads of holes in the bottom. The custard would be like, Ugh. has it got holes in the bottom? Yeah. Ah, oh, you got old air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a cheap one. <laughs> Upgrade your air fryer, mate. Let's get an air fryer sponsorship. <laughs> get new air fryers. <laughs> right. So you've had your fry up. Yeah. Sorry about um, that. You've got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then, yeah, right, we'd leave, I'd leave for the game. Normally, right, three o'clock kickoff, got to be there at half one. Half mm-hmm. one's your meeting, your team selection, because although you do set plays the day before, you kind of know what, you don't know if someone's going to wake up sick or, yeah. or injured, so fitness tests. So half one, you're getting your team team announced, so get in for half one. So yeah, normally I'd live within half an hour of the of the ground, so yeah, leave at one. Were um, you ever at a team where you stayed in a hotel? Night yes, before? Greece. In, in Greece, yeah. night before home and away games, How was that? in a hotel, I hated it. <laughs> Honestly, hated really, it. it was just ridiculous. And it, uh, never so much in England. Away games in England, obviously, stay in a hotel. And early on in my career, the night before, room service, order Ooh, whatever you want. Nice. The club pays for it. Then it was oh, order what you want, you pay for it. It was like oh, okay, stingy, but yeah, okay, <laughs> And then um, there was one moment. I think it was me and Benny. It might have been Cholton. So we ring down uh, two Marriott burgers and chips, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just going to have to check with the manager. No oh, way. Like, what you manager? Well, hotel manager. It's like, no, your manager. And that was it. Kerbishly. Yeah. Wow. We're, weren't allowed to have room service there ever again. Best away <laughs> hotel? Oh, that's a tough one, that. You've put me on the spot. Well, it's there. a Marriott by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, yeah up until a certain point. Good. There's one <laughs> little in... Malmaison. Malmaison's nice. The one in Ipswich is nice, actually. Is it Marriott Ipswich? No, it's Mal- it's. Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. We'll come back to it. I can't remember what it's called, but that that was really nice. There was a Malmaison in Ipswich as well, which was nice. Is but that just because it felt closer to home, though? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Good there's one in Birmingham that was nice as well. Yeah, I think okay. that might have been a Marriott. But yeah, then you you weren't allowed to have it anymore. And at like ten o'clock, they'd do snacks downstairs in a room. So you'd go and there'd be brown bread sandwiches and <laughs> rice crispy cakes and stuff like that. Milk, it's like oh, it's Milk. disgusting. <laughs> Milk and nuts. Like, oh, I ain't having this. Rubbish. Mayonnaise all over the. So you'd have yeah, to you'd have to sneak into the services before you went on the away game and little just Greg's put some stuff inside, inside your bag. That's so good. What you yeah. get? What you getting from the services? Um, not well. It was Zoo and Nuts magazine back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> but then then my missus, missus weren't happy with me buying those, so they were a bit Did you sleazy. Work your way up to like, GQ, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it was GQ four four two. I used to enjoy that. Um, Match magazine. Match magazine. <laughs> nice. Yeah, only if I was in the centrefold, yeah. T- which was probably once yourself, in fifteen though. years. But um, <laughs> then, yeah, just sweets. Nice, pure sweets, Jaffa cakes. Oh, love a jelly babies. Cake. Was anyone ever late to games? Was that, or did anyone play when they were ill? That's what I want to know. Like behind the scenes. Yeah, so it's half one. You're all standing there. Yep. Someone's clearly missing. What happens next? There's, there's been many times people have been late. I've got a story about me being late once, but I'll tell you this in a second. But yeah, I can't even name individuals because so many people are late to games. There's traffic. 
you've woken up late something's happened what's the um, go-to excuse traffic that, traffic. that seems pretty rude, traffic Mark. is the traffic. go-to excuse yeah it doesn't normally you don't normally get away with that now yeah. if you're there match days is is strict it's important half yeah. one you're meeting so essentially you get there at quarter past one because you're meeting team selections at half one someone's not there you're thinking oh come on like back in the day there weren't there was mobiles but not like it is now latter part of my career it was like picking up the phone where are you come on like, you've got to get here because yeah. for every minute you're late it's like 500 quid like wow fine. like wow i was just gonna not, ask not, that i mean what's, not, what's the when i was in colchester like? that weren't that weren't the fine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you start, you're, you're gonna owe them money <laughs> <laughs> we're not buying a player from someone being late but yeah so yeah normally it's you get your fine list at the at the start of the season match days is important so mm. 500 pound if you're late for every minute it'll go up like i mean that. i used to i used to run a saturday team and i had quite a we always used to meet an hour and 15 before kickoff yeah and when people were late obviously we couldn't really put in sort of fines yeah. but it was like if you're not on time you're not in the starting 11 and like that's what we tried wow. to enforce yeah, yeah. it depends but who imagine they did that exactly it depends who it, it, it when depends you're, who. When I, you're I, like top goal scorer turns up a couple up. of stories I was late once Cholton one of my first games um, not the first game I got sent off but another one I went into the services at Stansted we was taking a flight up somewhere so I went into the services at Stansted and then as I come out, I was thinking, I've never been to the airport coming out these services. So I don't really know where I'm going. But I was like, well, it's definitely down here. Went down the slip road, got back onto the M11. And the next turn off was the A11. Now, I had five minutes to get to the airport. So I had to oh, go no. 11 miles up in traffic as well. It was really slow to the A11. Turn around, come all the way uh. back, get off. It was so busy. The plane ended up having to be delayed on the runway with a team <laughs> on it. The one one Damn. position left on the on the coach was next to our assistant manager Mervyn Day, right down the front, and I had to sit next to him all the way up there, which was a very uncomfortable flight. Oh, no. But no, the the main one. We, we, well, let's go back. So people turning up late. It depends who you are. If you're an important player, if you're Wilf Zaha now at Crystal Palace, I've no doubt he'll still play. Yeah, he'll get fined. He'll have yeah. the the bit of banter from the lads. He'll probably have a little bit of a talking to. You'll get fined. You pay your fine. Would there be a cut-off point? What's the latest you could arrive and still play as a star player? The as a star player, half two. Yeah, maybe later. Oh my maybe word! Later. What if you're not seen in the warm-ups? Yeah, uh, it's difficult. It's if it's all over Twitter now, it depends. It depends who you are. Depends who you are. Depends. Now I'm guessing no. Because there comes a point where you have to put the team sheet in as well. So uh, yeah. around half two, I'd say, yeah, you're probably right. Is the cut off, and that, but I've I've seen that before as well. But me, I, I turn up once at half time. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we was playing QPR for Cholton. <laughs> Alan, Second Alan, half player. Alan Pardew was um was the manager, and so I'm I'm stuck on the M25. And I know I have to get to the A2. I was junction four. A2 was junction two. So I'm stuck and I'm thinking, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. So I, I leave probably about quarter to one to get there for half half one, 20 past one, which I always used to do. So I get up to about quarter past one. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be late here. So I'm phoning them up. <laughs> Don't phone the manager. Phone the assistant manager to start with. All right, I'm going to be late. Okay, just get here when you when you can. Then I thought, no, this, this is something serious now. I'm stuck in standstill for hours. He tried. I phoned up. I ended up phoning up Alan Pardew and saying, look, I'm going to be late. 
properly. Yeah. So I might even miss cut off. And he's like, okay, we need you here. I want you to get here. You're you, obviously you're playing. We've Were you done, starting? Yeah, I was starting. We've done all the work yeah. over it. So get here as late as you can. I think he may have said 25 to three and I'm going to have to put you out the team. Yeah. Maybe get you on the bench still. And I was like, okay. So um, well, I didn't, I didn't make it. I didn't make it. Turns out, um, obviously, lightheartedness gone. This is a serious issue. Someone yeah. had walked out on the M25, yeah. got run over by a police car. So oh. they'd shut the M25. So it was completely closed. Um, I've, I managed to get off eventually at Junction 3 and turn. I, I turned up. They were having a half-time team talk. And I'm shitting it. I'm thinking, oh, no. Like, Did you have uh, Talk Sport on on the way in? Did you know the scores? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I think we drew in the end, one all. Um, but I, I'm on it, obviously. I don't know. There's not even the finalists. You don't even know what the fine is if you don't turn up for a game. <laughs> so I'm thinking, this could be two weeks' wages. I, yeah. I can't afford that. I, I've got family at home. So yeah. I was so lucky in terms of uh, obviously got there I weren't on the team sheet I weren't he tried Alan Pardew tried to send out a police escort to come and get me oh wow. my word Cholton tried I mean I weren't that good by the way <laughs> so why they tried that I don't know they were better off without me they got a point but um, they tried to do it the police escort couldn't get through so that's obviously in how we knew I was like helicopter can you not yeah, yeah. helicopter in um, but he's called me in the next day and I'm thinking oh here we go and he's gone, uh, don't worry about yesterday. That happened to me when I was a player. I was stuck in traffic, stand still. I ended up turning up at full time, he said. And they kind of similar situation, severe accident. So don't worry about that. And I'm like, oh, my God. The, the one time this has happened, I'm the luckiest player so to have a manager yeah. that it's happened yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> wow. So I got away with it. I didn't get fined. I was in the team the next week. Do you remember what excuse they used? Was it back injury? For me, yeah, I think they said, I think they told the truth. I think stuck in traffic. Yeah, Alan Pardew said he couldn't get here. Obviously, <laughs> by that time, people had known there was severe issue. I think yeah. some of the crowd were missing and that because oh, they, okay, they couldn't yeah. get there. So it it became known that it was a severe issue. But yeah, it it was one of those moments that I was crapping myself really thinking it's going to cost me a lot of money but yeah. I had the one manager that it's happened to himself, which was a bit of luck. Amazing. That is that's tidy luck. That. So let's rewind a bit. Pre-match. Yep. I want to know, it's something that's always fascinated me, is you hear bits and bobs about superstitions around pre-match, you know, people doing certain things, placing things in certain ways, yep. wearing lucky things. What, you mentioned something about Warnock wearing something once, I think. Well, no, you mentioned that. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he mentioned that, didn't he? I didn't know about it. But I have no idea. Oh, um, might have been off air that one. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. What was Let's, he wearing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, superstitions. Did you did you have any superstitions? <laughs> Not so much. No. Um, I say no. Then you'll hear it and you go, "Well, that is." I liked. I liked to put my right shin pad on first, right sock on first. Now, I didn't feel it's a superstition. <laughs> I didn't think. Sometimes I didn't do it, and it didn't make a difference. I didn't okay. go, "Oh no, I'm going to play crap here." I have to go and take them off. I just leave it. But even now. 
I kind of have the same thing. If I'm having a run on the treadmill or going out on the, having a run, I'll always put my right sock. You put your shin pads on, on for a run. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know. I'm gonna lose days. weight on my shins, so I need to sweat heavily down there. But, uh, your kid might slide tackle. I still kind of do it now, but in terms of that, no, I'd like to. You'd get players that would be doing two touch in the dressing room and yeah. uh, foam rolling and stuff, but that's not so much Standard. superstition. I, What's the weirdest you've seen? Well, I knew someone and. I'm, I was wondering whether to name him or not, and I'm going to name him because I think it's been known before. It's Sean Derry. He was my captain. Great guy. I see him now. I work with him a few times. Great guy. He was my captain at Palace. And so before my first home game, it might have been Scumfulp at home in the cup for Palace. I go into the toilet because I'd always want to have a piss, like just before I'm going out, just in case. Even if I'd gone yeah. like five minutes early, just to get yeah. all the last bits out. <laughs> get, get, get all my Red Bull out of my system. Um, so. I go in there and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing he's gagging, puking up. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And I'm, are you all right? Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, good. So I've gone out. I've gone gaffer like Warnock. Like, Des is puking up everywhere. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he does it every game. It's like, what? <laughs> and he did. He used to do it every game. After that, obviously, I knew. And if he couldn't, he'd stick his fingers down his throat. So before every game, just before we're going out, he'd go into the toilet, fingers down the throat, puke up everywhere. Do you know why? No, did I, he have the game of his life once when he threw up? I don't think or so. I don't think so. I, I, I would have asked him. But yeah, it, there wasn't an answer in there that made me understand why. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was just something he done. So this was his superstition. He didn't feel happy unless he puked up before a game, which I just found quite strange to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's on on some levels, it's quite. You know, funny, but on other levels, it could be quite sort of a deeper chat as well. You know, yeah. But maybe uh, if firstly, if, I'm thinking, is it nerves? I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. You get that sick feeling when you're nervous. There's a weren't a nervous character for those who work or those who know Sean Derry. He's not a nervous character. He was the captain, yeah, yeah. leader of us, and like one of the best captains I've worked under. So it wasn't nerves. So it was just Somebody something did. he liked to do. So again, it may have been that he puked up once, had an unbelievable game, yeah. from then on wanted to do that. But I never, I didn't. He didn't answer the question to me to make me remember it and think, oh wow, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe d- because he didn't seem nervous to yeah. everyone. Maybe that was his we'll way of holding his nerves out. We'll yeah. get Deser on. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And he we can will come on. We'll talk to him about it. A little bit yeah. about me at Palace. Nice. Uh, QPR can, days. We'll get him on. He can lift he'll, the he'll lid. Do yeah, yeah. One thing I have as well. Pretty much tunes. Oh, yeah. Were you a music fan before games, on the way in, what you listening to? Strangely enough, no, I wasn't. Wow. From, from come, growing up in kind of a, a, a music musical family or musical yeah. father, like we've spoken about that before. Yeah. He was in a band, obviously guitar. Uh, not really. I used to, we used to play a, a song from really early days called Walking By Myself by Gary Moore. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. No. And it was a little guitar riff. It used to really get me going in, in like small small um small not small games young young team games so okay. when i was at harlow sports center we'd listen to that then there became a um small faces lazy sunday nice. that was another one um and i love that now when that comes on now it brings back great memories as well of me and my dad in the car so yeah that 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 song means a lot but other than that no i wasn't one of those that was regimental in i need oh, to okay. listen to a certain song that was only when i was in the youth team and, and stuff like that, driving up from Ipswich, we put that on just to try and get me going. And more so, I feel, was for my dad as well. That was yeah. something me and my dad had, those, those two songs in particular. 
other than that no so you're never a DJ in no, the uh, dressing room uh, certain times you'd get said like players pick two songs each and we'll just have uh, have a different um, playlist but again I'd just pick random songs that I liked at the time it wasn't a particular song oh, okay. that, who was that I had to um, was there a player in any changing room you could tell us about who maybe was the DJ or or took over the tunes you know in charge of the speaker or whatever uh, not so much uh, took over the tunes <laughs> a lot of people John Fortune at Cholton would would look at the, the music Bentley as well when, Jonathan Fortune yeah yeah Jonathan Fortune what yeah. sort of tunes was he fitting on again just a, a mixed genre things just suitable for everyone yeah. so again that's why a lot of people said pick two songs because you know everyone would like the music did, um, did Jonathan get four tunes <laughs> <laughs> as, in, as ridiculous oh, don't I'm edit sure. that out keep that in keep that in I'm sure Bentley like put Bentley, on some, Bentley put loved, on some loved UKG tunes didn't as well. he but at Palace we had a uh, we had a song before we went out and it was The Proclaimers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, we 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 was a great, um, we had great team spirit at Crystal Palace. Good guys. I've mentioned Sean Derry, I meant, uh, Clint Hill, Paddy McCarthy, Alan Lee, Neil Dans, players like that. And I didn't know that this is what they'd done. And before a game, bang, put on Proclaimers on and everyone in the team had to get up, sing, dance, everyone. <laughs> and if you didn't, he was kind of outcasted really because that the team spirit yeah, yeah you've had players come up from the youth team that just sat there and you know Warnock could come in and I, I don't know if he knew but then that kid wouldn't be in the team again for the next three or four times you want to see him fitting in don't he you wants to, you want to be fitting in the team so again I weren't really one of those in early on in my career but I thought immediately I have to do this yeah um, so it, it was great we played a game Aston Villa uh, in the cup um um, in the FA Cup and we, we played this song and when I say played it this was a full blast on the the boom bar blaster is that what they used to be called I don't know but and then we were so loud at singing it we'd out volume the the, the boom blast is it called a boom blaster the ghetto, ghetto blaster ghetto boom yeah. box boom box like ghetto blast I've just mixed the two together but we'd out sing that and I remember coming out of there and um, Andy Burton Sky Sports uh, was in there and was like do you do that all the time? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like we do. That's so Because good. in Sellers Park, the, the away change room had to walk past the home change room ah. to get to the tunnel. So that was the idea. We'd always let them go first. But as they're going, we're screaming yeah, this yeah. proclaimers, a song that you wouldn't really expect to come out of a, yeah. a changing room. But they'd all walk past and you see them door wide open Everyone getting involved, Warnock involved oh, as well, okay. and they're all looking in. You think, right, we've got you. They're like, thinking, yeah, bloody hell, nice. they're, yeah. they're a team, they're yeah, together. They're yeah. crazy, that lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'd have to go out and play them, and then we'd go out, and it was it was great times there. Are you a fan of goal music? Um, it's something that divides fans for sure. But I just wondered, as a players, the players like I know at Palace they play loud all over. Yeah. and I like, used to love that. Yeah, I used to love that, but because I was the only one who basically scored, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it didn't really matter to me at all. Oh, okay, you know, it, I know there's a, some like you said, some supporters love it, some yeah. don't, some find it a bit cringe. It depends what song. The Glad All Over one is iconic for Crystal Palace. So yeah. they're all gonna love that. They all join in, and they're all like goal scorer. I don't know number seven, Darren. Ambrose yeah, and the crowd yeah. will say that so yeah I used to like all Must that buzz but off that yeah you, you do you buzz off it and then the, the song kicks in but there are some songs that are cringy but I think it's the Wolves one now what do they do? DJ Joe they play it goes duh 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 
you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I do know it. Oh, was it this one? Yes, that's yep. the tune, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Have you seen that um, MLS team, Austin? No. Austin, Texas. They're yeah. called Austin FC. Um, they, the whole stadium turns green and they put on some mad music when they score. See, so, some of it's really good. That is, that's is so, really it's very American. I mean, in Greece, they just throw flares at you. <laughs> <laughs> they just got to score and dodge all the flares. It's great. Nice. That is insane. <laughs> if you had to pick some goal music of your choice... Every time you scored, what would you choose? Oh, I, can't, I don't even know the name of it. But it Brilliant. Now, I say that because we stole that song from Ipswich off of Sheffield United. Neil Warnock was manager of Sheffield United. We stole that song. Um, we played them. We was 2-0 down at half-time. Had a man sent off. We ended up winning the game 3-2. One of the greatest games I've ever played at. That was Sheffield United's goal music. And Ipswich supporters stole that off them in that game. That's amazing. And I think they still play that now to this day. What a story that is. That's, That's amazing. amazing. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of... Man City did that with the celebration, didn't they? The Poznan. Oh, Poznan, yeah. 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 The Poznan. Poznan. Sorry, am I pronouncing <laughs> things badly again? Poznan. Baguette. Yeah. And now it's time for Hugo's Big Quiz. <laughs> Didn't we make a jingle for this last time? Yeah, we... So the jingle's going in. Now it's Hugo's Quiz. There we go. <laughs> right. Bit of a hard one this week. Obviously, you oh, know... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Enjoying the show, quiz. are you? <laughs> <laughs> bit of a difficult one this week um as you know there's a theme for my quiz every week yep um obviously we're talking about match day experience life of a footballer this week yep. daily life of a footballer so it's hard to sort of pick players but i've decided to pick players that either you have played with darren ambrose yep or you have played with joe carter <laughs> okay okay wow it's gonna be what yeah exactly you're gonna get those right <laughs> You never know. Who who did you play for? Cabbage FC or something? What was it? <laughs> what were the names? Shimera. Sven Lord. Stinken or something. Yeah. Lord, Lord Hood. Oh, uh, yeah, they had yeah. some good players. National. Lord Irith Vets. Oh, no. Lee Stock FC. I know a player plays with Lord Hood. Yeah, talent. So, <laughs> Robin, his name is. Oh, wow. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, they've, they've either played with you, Joe, or you, Darren. So, and they have a Wikipedia. The first one was born in 1992 on the 10th of November. Five foot 11 tall. Where's the number 11 at his club at the moment? Wilf Zaha. Correct. Oh, yes. That's not bad, that. How have you done that? Well, I just sort of went on the age and then I was thinking he's played with one of us. And I thought if he's... Oh, that from that time you played with him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. it's from yeah. yeah. I miscalculated the age. Unlucky. Next yeah, one. Yeah, you don't see him as that I, old. I, no, I was thinking, who's twenty? Oh right. I don't see myself <laughs> that old. <laughs> the ninety-two was thirty years ago. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell! You were you were busy spamming A and B button on the Olympics back then. <laughs> Next one. Blisters on me knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the life of a teenage boy in digs. <laughs> Next one. Are we ready? Having too much fun. Um, born in Lefford, Ireland, 1976. Started his youth career at Lifford Celtic before joining the real Celtic in 1994. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Lifford Celtic, Celtic fans. I know you're all listening. Um, started his career in England at Blackburn Rovers in 1994. He made two appearances, two loan spells at Swindon Town before joining Newcastle United in 1997, where he played 354 games. Correct. Oh, fair play. I didn't know he went to Blackburn. Honestly, I didn't know that. Two games. Two wow. games in three years. Must have been young, but yeah. Wow. When Must- did you play with him, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Cheers, mate. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that was a given. At Li- Lifford Celtic, mate. <laughs> the real one. <laughs> yeah. I was in the youth team. <laughs> That's too normal a name for you, mate. One all. Going into the third one. Born in Zaria, Nigeria in... 1981. He's a striker, six foot three. Played for Stoke in 2003. Shodan Correct. Oh, two wow. one Darren Ambrose. What a guy, by the way. Really? Yeah, great guy. He played with his brother as well. Was it his brother? Sammy. Yeah. 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 Sammy Are you still playing? Very tall winger. I remember him. Yep. Good on FIFA. I'm reeling here. Two one down. Two one. Next one. Born in 1987. A midfielder. He currently plays for Arta slash Solar 7. What? That's one of yours, surely. <laughs> Good sign. <laughs> uh, he started his youth career at Bastia. Is that in Italy, Bastia? France. France, sorry. Good knowledge. Moved Good. to Arsenal in 2006. Played for Barcelona. Alex Song. Correct. Oh my gosh. On loan at Charlton. On loan at Charlton, yeah. Brilliant. Those were good, good times for Song. 12 games. Good on. player as well, by the way. Mm. It's pretty cool. We play with Alex Song. Next one. Born in 1965 in Bow. It's got to be one of yours. London. <laughs> <laughs> Five foot 11, winger. His youth career was at Colchester United. He played 142 times for Colchester United. Before moving to Arsenal in Perry, 19- Perry Groves. Correct. I was going to say that. You, yeah. you played with Perry Groves? Yeah. Ah, is that crazy? <laughs> I was thinking, I never played with Perry Groves. I, so so I, I used, to be, I used to be in a band and I played at a music festival in um, in Suffolk yeah. called Lee Stock. Yeah. My cousins run it, so we had a bit of a shoe in. And they, had a, they have a charity match every year. Yeah. And uh, in that charity match, Perry, well, Perry was the manager, to be fair. That's but, right. Uh, well, that, must, that, that, that must have been like 2012, 2013. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it was a good laugh. Who else uh, Cornard else United. Some other players have played ah. in that in those games. <laughs> I was trying to get out of him. <laughs> what, what's the scores on the doors, by the way? Anyone know? Three two to Ambrose. Three two to Ambrose. You got one left. Oh, he set us up for a draw again. All right. to play. I love a draw. Yeah. All to play for. Leicester City fan is about the best he can do at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> When these go out, we might be top of the league, mate. You won't. Yeah, all right, mate. Cool. (laughs) Born in 1979 in Cardiff, Wales. A five foot nine forward. Bellamy. Craig Bellamy. (laughs) Darren Ambrose has one. (laughs) Oh, fair play, mate. There you go. Craig Bellamy, eh? That was a good quiz, that one. They They were all good. 
I didn't know you were Welsh. Is that when you played with Craig? <laughs> 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 who out of them? Who was? Um, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> we won't be using I, think, that. I think Hugo's run out. I've run out of steam. <laughs> well, there you go. There we have it. Another episode. Thanks, Dazza. Thank you. It's a good one. Thank you, producer Hugo. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I've really enjoyed that one. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, lads. <laughs>